All right, so Canada through to the quarterfinals, and they will have first place in Pool A in the bag. They beat Finland 6-3, and their quarterfinal opponent hasn't been determined as of yet, could after the Sweden-Germany game, and that's at 8 o'clock at Rogers Place. I think Germany uh, might be a good candidate for Canada to be their quarterfinal opponent, which will be on Wednesday off day tomorrow. Jays, 7-2 now. They're down to the Baltimore Orioles in the bottom of the fifth. Jays out of the wildcard spot. Uh, any wild card spot. They're uh, one game out of the wild card picture. Uh, hey, congratulations as well. Megan Mickelson, who uh, is from Regina, has lived in Ed- the Edmonton area for the uh, last number of years, 37 years old, suffered a major knee injury back in May of 2021, uh, playing in an exhibition game between uh, Canada and the U.S. I believe she collided uh, with Renata Fast if I, at one end of the rink and suffered that knee injury. Uh, so she's been on the rehab and fighting her way back. And we have seen her on Sportsnet broadcasts on Oilers games. And we've, she's been a guest on Inside Sports and during our Oilers pregame shows, our face-off shows. And she attempted a comeback to make the uh, Women's World Championship roster for Canada because the World Championships begin August 25th in Denmark. Canada will open against Finland. Megan Mickelson made the roster. Congratulations to Megan. And the team leaves for Europe tomorrow. And uh, what a story. What a story. And she is just a tireless worker. Uh, she's fit as fit can be. And she's a very talented player and will be a very, very solid leader for that team. And, of course, the captain is Marie-Philippe Poulin, uh, Miss Golden Goal herself. And uh, how many great moments has she provided in the World Championships and in the Olympics? And uh, Canada, remember, last year, about a year ago, they beat the U.S. in uh, a rescheduled Women's World Hockey Championships in the bubble in Calgary. So congrats to Megan Mickelson. The Certainty Hotline, the 780-496-0063, to call or text the uh, hotline brought to you by Certainty, which is a pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. Have. Well, we got uh, a unknown text that came in here, Dave, basically saying, Nathan Rourke is exciting to watch. I'm a Sask fan of 50-plus years. I'm looking forward to see BC play. And that's, again, yeah, from an anonymous texter. So. Yeah, must must see TV with Nathan Rourke for sure. And uh, I call the Lions the greatest show on CFL turf. Mm-hmm. And, and just the stark contrast between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are pretty good, too, at 9-1, uh, lost their first game of the season. Uh, to the Montreal Alouettes with that uh, doink from Mark Leggio of the Bombers uh, with the field goal attempt hitting the goalpost. But uh, the Bombers are more plodding, and they like playing those low, close games. They're used to it, and then they pull away in the fourth quarter. didn't happen. If you're going to play the uh, BC Lions, not many teams have slowed them down. The Bombers beat them. That's their only... Uh, so the Bombers, the uh, Ticats slowed them down too in a very tight uh, 17-12 win over the Ticats not too long ago. But Nathan Rook, uh, worth the price of admission. I want to read this to you. Uh, read this uh, to you. Yeah, to you right now. Ryan mm. Kelly was at uh, uh, taking part in of the uh, festivities over the last uh, few days. Uh, over you know late last week, mid to late last week, with uh, the three new members of the Double E Wall of Honor uh, and all three that players that he played with Jim Germany, one of the best running backs this uh, franchise has ever seen and two great defensive backs and Ed Jones and Joe Holloman Elks lose again, 34, 23. And a lot of fans are upset with the losing. 
And, you know, I go back to 22, uh, 2018. They only have 22 wins and 37 losses. I mean, that's, that's tough. That's a lot of losing. Um, they've only won 12 games at home since that time span. And that includes a 7-2 and two mark at home in 2018, the year they missed the playoffs at 9-9. Nine and nine. Uh, Chris Jones and Victor Kui have committed to getting this field and not fast-tracking it, but letting it happen organically. Letting it happen when I feel fast. These words on Instagram. And, you know, he mentions the old name and he mentions the new name. And I think there's three classes of people right now. There's there's the diehards who are accepting of how things changed with the name. There are the diehards who, uh, and the casuals that didn't like it, but accept it. And then there's the next group that are livid and great majority of you. And if you're listening, that's interesting to me. And thank you for listening. Um, there's a lot of this group that won't come back, but here's what Brian Kelly had to say. And I thought these were great words. I was at the Saskatchewan game this weekend, supporting the Elks and was honored to see three of my former Eskimo teammates, Jim Germany, Joe Holloman and Ed Jones inducted into the wall of honor at Commonwealth stadium. While they and I were lucky to be part of the Dynasty Eskimos and played in front of the uh, sold-out Commonwealth Stadium every week, life was not always so easy for the franchise. There were many lean years prior to those golden years, and I would meet fans, most of them long gone by now, who would proudly tell me that they went to every single game when times were tough and how much they were now enjoying the good times of victories and Grey Cup championships. If you learn one thing playing sports, it's that it is cyclical. Good times and bad times, with neither lasting forever. So while winning is a struggle for the boys in the double E today, it not always will be so. So be like the fans of the past who supported the club every day, every week, every year. Go to the stadium, bring your family and friends, wear your EE gear, and cheer loud and proud for your team. Today we are one day closer to the good times and that we and, and then we were yesterday. And do know this. That while we were all proud to be called Eskimos, that name never threw a pass, and he puts in brackets Wilkinson and, and uh, Tom Wilkinson, Warren Moon, made a goal line stand, Dave Fennell, Dan Kepley, will return a missed field goal, the Giz, for a touchdown. It was the heart of the player underneath the jersey that did what fans cheered about. So now that jersey says Elks, but the heart beat strong under the uh, the jersey. So that was from Brian Kelly, and I thought those were great words. And for some of you, that great deal to you, that what you see here today isn't necessarily what we're going to see down. Got this uh, reply today from one of my comments after the game, you know, a day later, when my thoughts are more collected and rationed, I have a little thread of what I thought of the, the previous game the night before. So Quentin Ebert, who we've had on before, he's with Pay It Forward and great program. He says, in the words of Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions head coach, quote, we're in the Arctic now, but we're heading for the Caribbean, unquote. So it, it's bad now. This is the worst part of the process, the worst, the most painful part. But this is necessary to get to a, a better place. And it's hard. It's hard. Chris Jones inherited a core in 2013. He doesn't have that now. He just doesn't. So it's it's tougher. 
But he will get this right because he is bound and determined to do it, and he's done it before, and he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Jay Woodcroft knows what he's doing too. He was on with Oilers Now from uh, noon to two with Bob Stoffer. Not from noon to two, but that's when Oilers Now is with Bob Stoffer, and he joined Bob today. Uh, first, talked about any injury update. Darnell Nurse uh, suffered lower body injury. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl had that sprain ankle, high ankle sprain since game six of the LA series and played on really one good leg. Any update on those two? You know what? I I had uh, breakfast with Darnell Nurse in Toronto um, last week. He seemed to be in good spirits. He had just uh, come through um, getting married. married. Yeah, getting married. And uh, he's working hard up in Aurora with the Gary Roberts group. Um, He's skating. Uh, He's progressing. I I didn't ask him if he's 95% or 100%, but I think he feels good uh, in where he's at in head into uh, our NHL training camp in five weeks. Um, that's the impression that I got. I believe that Leon is uh, heal, healing uh, along the same lines that he's he's progressing. He's you know those those guys are workaholics in the yeah. gym, and uh, they're both on the ice. So I, I would expect to have both of them uh, fully healthy for the start of training camp. That's my expectation. So uh, the Oilers, you know, Ken Holland did a lot of uh, retooling with with re-signing players. Evander Kane brought in Jack Campbell, obviously. That was the biggest free agent signing. In uh, He has a number one goaltender. You look on D, and Brett Kulak is back, and there are players that will be out. Uh, Duncan Keith, of course. Uh, he was paired with Evan Bouchard, and they played really, really well together. Uh, Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece made a good pair. Uh, Philip Broberg should get a, get a shot to make this team. Uh, then you have Nimalainen, you have Samarukov hanging around. But, you know, uh, among the six defense pairs that he has now that they project at the moment to be their top six, what's the discussion like amongst the coaching staff on potential D pairs? We've talked about it a lot. Um, we think there's a lot of really good options there. Um, you know, I think we talked earlier in the interview about, you know, Duncan uh, retiring. And so that opens up opportunity. That opens up playing time. Um, how it shakes out. I think those things are decided in training camp. I think the training camp is the time of year to maybe experiment a little bit and see who fits with who. Um, we've always maintained that, you know, we might have a starting point on something, but we want to make sure that we're light on our feet, that we're using our eyes. And that we give um, situations enough time to develop, that we have patience um, to let things play themselves out. But ultimately, uh, in the end, I think the players, through their play, uh, show um, show you uh, what the best combinations are. And it's our job to make sure that we're paying attention. And could uh, Philip Roberg, and Roberg should have a great shot to make the team, he should make the team, but could he and Evan Bouchard end up as a pair? I know both of those players. I've seen them at the American League level and the National Hockey League level. Uh, Dave Manson has seen them. We're quite aware of what their strengths and capabilities are. Um, we're going to try and work that through in training camp and ultimately put players in the best positions they can to have success, not only personally, but for us to have team success. I think that stuff plays itself out. There might be times uh, where we experiment with a pairing that looks like that, 
We'll see. Okay. We'll let it play out in training camp. So if you want to check that interview out, you can head to uh, the uh, 630chad.com, find the uh, Oilers Now page, and uh, download that fine interview between Bob and Jay Woodcroft. Very, very good. Uh, the Elks this week is coming up after the news at 7.30. Let's, we'll tee it up after this break with Morley Scott. So it's a short week for the Edmonton Elks. It's not for the Ottawa Red Blacks. They had a bye week. They practiced, was still taking first team reps. Uh, Nick Arbuckle finished the uh, last game, a 17-3 loss at home to the Calgary Stampeders. So, uh, so far, looks like Evans will be the starting quarterback uh, against the Edmonton Elks. Maybe we do see Nick Arbuckle some point in that game. Uh, William Powell and uh, Darvin Adams did not practice today though running back and receiver respectively but as we bring in Morley Scott for a preview of the Elks this week uh, nothing is guaranteed even though the Elks uh, Morley are playing the only team that has one less win than what they have uh, being that the Red Blacks are one and seven nothing is guaranteed when you're two and seven hey let's not kid ourselves Uh, the Elks have this game circled on their schedule the Red Blacks have this game circled on their schedule as well. Uh, you know, both teams, yep. <laughs> uh, both teams are thinking, "Hey, this is the this is the game we can win. This is the one that we can start things rolling again." So, yeah, and and the fact that it's back to back against uh, against each other uh, in uh, in Ottawa on Friday, then back here uh, a week from Saturday at uh, the Brickfield Commonwealth Stadium, uh, it's it's a pretty important. If one team can sweep it. Uh, they're they're back in the race, right? Especially Ottawa. If they can sweep it, they'll be maybe in first place in the East. Who knows? Uh, at least in a playoff <laughs> spot, anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Very very important football games coming up. You, you know, Morley, uh, the goal is to win, no matter what situation you are in in sports and in the game of football. And you know, this was going to be a tough season. I think we we've talked about how difficult this was going to be for this current edition to, you know, really make a make a, a significant. And we've seen losses this year, and they've been disappointing. And we've seen blowouts. We have seen, you know, the the Elks lose leads in the fourth quarter to in in close games or the Winnipeg game where they were close but couldn't get over the hump against the against the the bombers but this one really hurts on saturday being being that this was the first time the elks could actually improve their playoff position directly against a team that they had to chase and instead of a two-point deficit it's now six that was a real that's a tough one to get over old-fashioned four-pointer right that's what it was and and it's very disappointing and and that's you know that's one of the things that that i think will be a discussion point this week as they prepare for the game okay you put so much emphasis on that game on saturday night you said it's a playoff game we got to treat it with the playoff mentality uh, during the week of practice and into the game so now you've lost that game where are you now uh, and how do you move forward and that's going to be one of the i'm sure talking points this week dave because you know i i guess they're they're kind of lucky the schedule has them with you know a game against a team that they on paper and through what they've done this year should beat and should be able to beat twice they have to go out and hmm. do it but you know that can rev it up again that can get them get them going again emotionally and can get them give them a little bit of momentum but you got to go out and win the games and that's the thing you know they're they're to the point now where you got to stop talking about it. You got to win some football games because you know the games they've been in uh, this year. They've won two. They've been blown out three times, uh, and but the other games that they've lost, 
they've had the lead or have been in it late. You know, uh, I mean, there's what five lead changes yeah. on Saturday night. Uh, they had a lead. They should have gone to the dressing room with the lead at halftime. They had a lead in the fourth quarter that they couldn't hang on to. Had an opportunity to come back late in the fourth quarter, but uh, the the interception uh, took that away and made it look like worse than it was on the scoreboard. So they're to the point where they got to start winning games. They can't talk about you know this is the week whatever. They got to start winning games. So they got a chance to do that over the next two weeks to go into their rivalry week with uh, with the Calgary Stampeders for those. Uh, those two games on, on Monday and Saturday night during the Labor Day week, and, and who knows what can come, come out of that. I mean, the Stampeders, sure, their, their record's okay. They're at, uh, what are they, 5-3, and three, uh, but they haven't been blowing anybody's doors off this year, right? They've, uh, I know when, when they played yeah. the Elks early in the season, I think the Elks were, were 0-2 and, and the Stamps were 2-0, and, and and it could have been flipped the other way around very easily, right? I mean, for the Stamps, they could have been 0-2 because they lost two, uh, they won two close games. So, well, you know, they haven't been great, but the Elks, they haven't shown you any indication that they can win games, right? So they got to go out and they got to win. They haven't beat yeah. a Western Division team this year. They got a lot of work to do. Uh, and as as much as we want to keep saying they're getting closer, they're getting better, they got to win. Yeah, no question. Uh, you got a guy on the show tonight who's been on a heater lately since he came back from injury. Yeah, he's he's okay, I think. Jake Ceresna has been great since he's uh, come back. I think it's like uh, uh, seven tackles and three sacks in the two games he's played since returning from injury. So we'll talk to him tonight uh, about uh, moving forward and what's next for the Elks. All right, Morley, look forward to it. Uh, see you at practice tomorrow. See you, Dave. All right, Morley Scott, the host of the Elks this week, which is coming up after the news at 7.30. And again, Canada through to the quarterfinals with uh, first place in Pool A in the bag. 6-3 win over Finland. Jays losing 7-3 to the Baltimore Orioles. Elks this week coming up. My thanks to studio producer Kellen Kennedy. Back tomorrow between 6 and 8 on 630 Chat Inside Sports. Have a great evening.